Welcome back to Mountain Murders. I'm Heather. And I'm Dylan. And this is a very special, spooky Halloween edition of Mountain Murders. Ooh. Hey, it'd be like gay ghosts everywhere. It'd be like, boo. <laughs> boo. No, we're, we're going to be scarier than that, guys. Okay, well, we love Halloween. I know I love Halloween. Every yeah. day of my life is Halloween. It is. She'll be like, uh, this time of year, she'll be in the store shopping like, ooh, that will go great in the kitchen. And I know that she means, like, that's going to stay there. Yeah, or that random people at gas stations ask me if I'm going to a costume party or a Halloween party when it's in July. Yeah, <laughs> right. And I'm like, no, sir, this is just how I look. Like, we know any rich people throwing <laughs> costume parties like that in the middle of the damn year. So we love Halloween and horror, so why not kick off the creepy season with a great horror story? Yes, and very horror stories. Yes, spooky stories from our family, from our listeners. It's our listener family. Yes. Our Mountain Murders family. Yes. Yeah, so we ask you guys to send us your creepy, scary, spooky, frightening stories. And we got some good stuff here, Dylan. I'm ready for this. Are you ready for this? Yeah, I was uh, thinking of them like creepy pastas, but these are real stories. These are not fictional accounts. Real quick, I want to give a thanks to those who bought our Mountain Murders t-shirts from the Bonfire campaign. Your t-shirt not only, of course, supports Mountain Murders, proceeds come back to us so that we can keep the podcast up and running, but you're also supporting the podcast by wearing a shirt, which is, of course, going to be a conversational piece. Everyone's going to want to know, what is Mountain Murders? And then you can tell all your friends about it. Yeah, you can fill in the blanks for them, and uh, that was a limited run, so if you got one of those dope shirts you're in a very elite class if you will it's true it was a limited edition t-shirt yes you may have those available again maybe not maybe not and if you bring it by here at hazelwood north carolina i'll sign it Ooh. and it's going to be super not valuable we have been watching a lot of horror movies oh which my god it's normal we do that anyway but especially this time of year it seems like we've been watching at least a horror movie a day Yes, we've watched a bunch. doubling up. Yes, and what I've uh, enjoyed about that is I've got you to watch some of the goofier ones that I can't get you to watch sometimes. Yeah. Classics like Attack of the Killer Donuts. We did watch that. I was surprised to see C. Thomas Howell. Hey. You Pony give, Boy. You give him 10 or 15 grand, he'll pop in for a day or two. Stay gold, Pony Boy. I know. So he was a cop in Attack of the Killer Donuts. It was a great cheesy movie. It was pretty awesome. The donuts had scary little teeth. And they were like, nah, 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 nah. yeah. And then in several scenes, it appeared that someone off camera was just throwing donuts <laughs> Literally at the actors. Throwing the donuts so at them. So if you're looking for a great, ridiculous film, Attack of the Killer Donuts, perfect. Incredible. So we had another one along those lines. The Ice Cream Man. Oh, that's a classic. We actually bought this film. We got a DVD. It was like a what was it, five for $10 deal Yeah, at this little indie video store in Asheville? We got some great ones that day. Oh, yeah. So we bought some really shitty movies, but The Ice Cream Man was great. It was. It's it a... was so bad, it was good. It was pretty awesome. <laughs> the Furies, another film you found for us. And I just have to say, it wasn't overall a great movie, but one of the best kill scenes in a while. 
Yeah, I'm going. Yeah, like you said, it wasn't this incredible movie that you're just in awe of, which most horror movies aren't. But I will say the the kill scenes in that um, one in particular with an axe to the face. You know, kill scenes are typically you know quick. Boom, they're stabbed, their heads cut off, whatever, blood splatters. This is extended over three to four minutes. It's pretty gory. So if you it like, it was fucking great. <laughs> yeah. So if you like, uh, we had the goofy on the one side. If you like the more, uh, you kind of have to look away, cringeworthy stuff. Then the furies is where you need to go for that. Well, speaking of cringeworthy, and I might get some hell for this comment, but we, no pun intended, we watched Rob Zombie's Three from Hell. Horrible, and oh not in a good way. I don't oh. know what the fuck he was thinking. I'm sorry, but that movie was a steaming pile of dog shit. It doesn't even deserve to be in the same category as House of a Thousand Corpses. And, or the Devil's Rejects. Or the Devil's Rejects. It was terrible. It's not the same conversation. Not at all. Nobody's heart was in it. The actors and actresses. Rob. And I fucking love Bill Mosley. I love and I them. was just like, what is this? It's too much dialogue. It's uh, They're just acting like they shouldn't act. It's not in their character that's been built up all these years. Yeah, it just wasn't true to the characters. So, at all. yeah, if you hadn't seen it yet and you're a fan of the other two, likely going to be disappointed. The other film we watched, Child's Play, then Remake. Uh-uh. No, we didn't like that either. Oh, but I will say the kills were incredible. Yeah, there were pretty pretty good kills in that. A few, few good ones, yeah. The kills in Child's Play could have been better than some of the kills in uh, the, the crappy three. And so here we are giving negative reviews and we were just kind of poking fun at people who give negative reviews because I made Dylan watch Hocus Pocus for the first time. I acted reluctant, but I really wanted to watch it again. It's funny. It's hilarious. I love it. Hocus Pocus, great movie, family friendly movie, of course, fucking funny. I love it. It's great. And then I noticed it had like a 33% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. And I'm just like, who takes the time to review a movie on a website? Well, I can see if you love something, seeking it out. I mean, we're reviewing movies here on our podcast, but not taking the time, actively taking the time out of my day to type up some big review and rate a children's movie on a fucking website. Yeah, from the 90s. Yeah. Right. Like, oh, this film from 1993 does not meet expectations. I mean, I just don't understand. Oh, the the <laughs> script was very thin, and it was not the characters were not developed enough. Yes, I I don't like Bette Midler's hair in the movie. I mean, seriously, come on, guys. <laughs> yeah, get a freaking laugh. <laughs> okay, I feel like this is a sufficient amount of bullshitting. Yes, don't uh, don't turn me into not a fan. The bullshit police might be out in full force and ready to review us on a website with a negative review. So I guess it's time. To get into the meat of the podcast. Yes, please do it while We're I'm... slaying them while with I'm... some scary stories. Yes, let's now, do Dylan, that. Now, Dylan, you're going to kick us off. Okay, I can do that. Okay. Because we have some incredible stories. Are you ready? I think I am. This story comes from one of our Mountain Murders fans, Elizabeth. Yes, Elizabeth sent us a great little story. So go ahead and tell Elizabeth's story. Okay, so we lived in a house that had served as the hospital for our coal camp. When I was 14 months old, Mom said I was taking a nap, but she heard me talking to someone, so she came to check, and I told her I was talking to the woman on the ceiling. 
Ooh, that's yeah. creepy. Flash forward to when I was four, my aunt and I were sleeping in the same room, and we both saw a woman sitting in a rocking chair by the bed, and she was grooming herself in a handheld mirror. Auntie screamed, and Dad came running and turned the light on, and the woman disappeared. Oh. <laughs> that would freaking freak me out. Yeah. Ever since I was a child, I've had the ability to see spirits. My son sees them, too. When he was about 18 months, I had had a miscarriage two months prior, and he kept saying, Come on, sissy Kate, let's go play. He never knew that her name would have been Caitlin. And I asked him who he was talking to, and he told me he was talking to his sister. Oh. Wow, that would... that At the same time, it would creep me out and tug at my heart, you know, right? Yeah. Yeah. He also saw my grandmother who died when he was three weeks old, and he knew her name too. My grandmother appeared in my back seat once, eight months after she died, to warn me of an impending wreck, and if she hadn't, I would have been killed as I was hit head-on by a drunk driver. Oh my gosh. Oh my God. Wow. Are you kidding me? Well, I'm glad I'm not the only person who sees spirits. You know, when you tell people that, like, hey, I'm very sensitive, or I have this gift, or a curse, I guess however you want to see it. Right. People think you're nuts. They do. So I'm really glad that there are people out there who can relate and who also share those experiences. Well, thank you, Elizabeth, for sharing your um, rather creepy experience with us because... Uh, can you imagine just like watching some lady groom herself in a chair next to your bed? No. Or could you imagine your kid talking about they're talking to the lady on the ceiling? Yeah, that's uh -uh. freaky, right? No, I would retire back to the living room with my stiff drink. I have a great story. I think it's pretty creepy. It comes from my best friend, Julie. Okay. She's been my best friend for like 25 years. Yeah, y'all are pretty tight. Yeah, since high school, we roomed together in college. Like, we're tight, right? So I told her that we were going to do this great Halloween episode. And I said, hey, you know, because we both love spooky things. Do you have any great scary stories or creepy stories, anything like that? She was like, oh, you know, not really, because I'm usually the one that has the weird experiences. Right. She's just along for the ride. <laughs> <laughs> but later, she emails me this story from her grandmother. And so growing up, I knew Julie's memo. Her name was Memo Venus. Wow. And Memo Venus was a very colorful character, and she had a lot of stories. And she grew up over in a little tiny area. I believe it was called Japan, North Carolina. It is what is now Lake Fontana. Okay. Or Fontana Lake. And so for those of you who may not be familiar, during the 40s and 50s, um, after the New Deal came to be, Roosevelt was trying to, you know, bolster the economy. They were trying to get more indoor plumbing and water and that kind of thing to the Appalachian region. So they developed the TVA, the Tennessee Valley Authority. And so they created some of these like lakes right. in order to have the electricity. So basically, the people didn't have a choice in this, right? Once they decided to flood an area? Right. So what they did is they came into some of these towns and they were like, hey, we're going to buy your property and this is what we're willing to offer you. And so either you A, agreed and took the money and left or B, they took the land and your house and you were fucked. Right. So it was like, you know, all these people were moving out of the area. They built this lake. They flooded the whole area. 
and now we've got Fontana Lake. Julie's grandmother grew up where Fontana Lake is now. Okay. So she's one of the families that had to like move out of that area when they flooded it. All right. Mamma Venus used to tell Julie the story from when her mamma was a teenager. Venus said that she had a cousin who would stop by her house every morning for breakfast, and he would always tell stories about how his house was being haunted. He lived in a house with his mom and his two sisters. Well, of course, no one in the family believed him, and one day he told Venus that she should come up there and stay the night, and she could see for herself. She went to stay, and she slept in a bedroom with her aunt and her two female cousins. In the middle of the night, they started hearing knocks and weird noises throughout the house. She said then after a while, they started hearing a buzzing noise that started pretty low and then kept getting louder and louder and louder. And this is so creepy. At one point, the blanket on the bed she was sharing with her cousin lifted up in the air and started, like, basically levitating above Uh -uh. them. She started screaming. She said suddenly the clock in the living room struck the hour. The buzzing stopped. The blanket fell back on top of them. And apparently stuff like this happened all the time. Oh, my gosh. So years later, when Fontana Lake's being created or whatever... The house was torn down, and they found bones, like, buried underneath the house. Really? Mamma Venus thought they could have possibly been Native American bones, because they were obviously very old. Right. And it is very close to the um, Eastern Band of Cherokee, the Cherokee Reservation. So, potentially, it could have been something like that. Or who knows? Maybe someone murdered somebody and shoved their body under the house. Well, who, who does know? Because you would think if it's anything related to the family or the you know home being built there, that they would know of it or heard stories, right? Right. So maybe that's why she thought it might have even predated like the construction of the house. Well, it's probably a good thing they didn't dig a swimming pool. That would super freak me out to think of a blanket like levitating and then just dropping back on top of me. Yeah, that's not going to work for me because no. I would be. Losing my shit. I'm not even kidding. I'm not even kidding. You have another story for us, right? Yes, I do. And um, I will make people suffer through this rendition (laughs) of it. (laughs) Okay, this comes from Melissa. Ooh, okay. Thank you, Melissa. Hi, Melissa. So a few years back, a few friends of mine from work decided to go ghost hunting. We drove up to a cemetery. I think it was on Jay Creek in Waynesville, North Carolina. That's ga- Jonathan Creek, right? Jonathan Creek. Uh, yes, I'm sorry. Jonathan Creek. We gathered around in a circle. It was probably around midnight. Oh. My friend started speaking and asking if any spirit, wa- any spirit wanted to let us know that they were there to show us. There was a faint jing- jingling sound. I thought it was a charm bracelet or someone jingling change in their pocket. I demanded they all show me their hands. Everyone held out their hands. No one was wearing jewelry, and none of them had their hands in their pockets, and the sound was very close by. We all stood very still and extremely quiet, and suddenly it freaked out one of the guys, and he started screaming, Oh my God! We all went running back to the car. And I assume that was the end of that. The Jingle Jangle. Yeah. Holy shit, Mr. Jingles was there. Oh, fuck. Anybody watching American Horror Story? Yeah. (laughs) But no, yeah, see... When you do stuff like that with your friends, and you always assume, it's like the Ouija board, right? You always assume someone's got to be pushing it. 
Yeah. And you always make the other people promise they're not. But then you know you're not, right? But it's still moving effortlessly around. So, is someone really pushing it? Was someone jingling stuff? I don't know. I would have been freaked out. You're in a damn cemetery at midnight, and I'm going to out there on Jay Creek. No lights. Dark as hell. Probably. So, yeah, I probably wouldn't have made it that far. We had a creepy experience in a cemetery. Um, Should we tell them our story? They're not going to believe us. They're not. We had a very no. strange night in a cemetery because we're weird. Not really. I guess we're pretty normal. A lot of people hang out in cemeteries. But we really like to go hang out in the cemetery. It's quiet. It's very energizing. It has good energy. Yes, it does. Yes. Except at the gate. Except at the gate is ominous. Yeah, it totally is. There's a really dark energy there. But inside the cemetery is pretty nice, right? I think it's built up bad energy from the outside that's built up there at the gate because it's being kept at bay. Because once you get in there, it's just like... So ah. we kind of go there a little bit to recharge. We do. I like it there. When we walk there, we'll go sit on a hilltop near your grandparents. Yeah, I like to go hang out with my grandparents. Beautiful trees. <laughs> yeah. Well, we were there and we heard... This faint sound of a woman screaming. We did. Which was fucking weird. Yeah, because you were like, did you hear that? And I was like, yeah, because we were doing like some recordings and things, just sitting there being quiet. And then we got up and started moving. And we and I heard that, but I wasn't going to talk about it. I wasn't going to say anything. And you're like, did you hear that? And I was like, yeah, let's just keep moving. Then I heard what sounded like some sort of growl. Yeah. Like a dog or something. I don't know what it was. So at that point, we decided that we're probably going to get up out of there. Because then the flashing light, though, you got to tell them that. Then the, okay. So y'all aren't going to believe this, but this really happened. So there's a street light up on the hill. It's kind of prominent over a hill at the edge of the cemetery. Right. And um, it starts like flashing, flickering, very odd. And of course, my brain is going to be like, well, it's just, you know, it's a bad ball that probably does that all the time. So I looked at it and it was doing, and I, what did I say to you? I looked at you and I said, it's like Morse code. Yeah. It was doing, I don't remember like exactly. Morse code, like, boop, boop, it was boop, like, boop, boop, and then like a long, two and then shorts boop, 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 and yeah, a long. It was crazy. Two shorts and a long. And as soon as I said, look at that pattern, it's like it's Morse code. It flipped to two longs and a short, two longs and a short. So, okay. Now we were like, okay. I was like, well, that light just fucks up. You know, it's just, yeah, it's just something that happened. This is. Let's but let's get to the let's get out of the cemetery. So you said we should go just down. This is now this is a on a hill, a significant like hill, a little bank, yeah, right. And as you go, she's like, let's just cut across the cemetery and go down because the road would let us right beside that light, and we wasn't really having that. And we start going across the cemetery, but it's dangerous. I told her, I said we're going to get be better, be careful because every fifty feet or so, there's a two to three foot wall. And a step down. So we're walking carefully, walking carefully, and, we're out and we can see the road. And then what do we do? We both fucking walk off the we side of this Walk bank. off <laughs> this two and a half, three foot wall <laughs> in full stride. Oh, yeah. Because you looked over at me and then I disappeared and then you were, and we fell and we didn't get hurt. Well, and I mean, we were walking in full stride in the pitch black well, dark. Well, if anybody knows me, I'm like the clumsiest person in the world. I constantly get hurt. Do I not? Yes. I'm covered in bruises all the time. Right. It's crazy. And I don't even know how I hurt myself. Right. Any other time, I would have broken an ankle, my hip. We, I landed on my fucking tailbone. <laughs> it well, was bad. I'm, I'm, yeah. And we both were like unscathed. No, we were laying there laughing 
sprawled out on the asphalt road and neither of us had so much as a scrape, a twisted wrist, a banged up elbow, nothing. It was like we fell on a cushion. No. And then as we're walking away, that fucking street light was normal again. As soon as right? we got near the entrance, it and just then, stopped. But then I started saying, oh, look, it's normal again. And then it started doing this the, the Morse code thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not sure about all that. Well, it was a weird night in the cemetery. It was. And that's not even the creepiest story we have for you guys. No, it's not. That's <laughs> just a Wednesday evening yeah. around here. So let's get back to our listener creepypastas. Ooh. But they are real experiences. Yeah, they really are. This comes from Beverly. Okay. I'm going to read this in the in first person because this is how it's written, okay? Okay. As a child, I always feel something around my family. We moved a lot and seemed to always find the strange houses. Once we moved into a house that on moving day was full of wild birds. Okay. This is like Hitchcock. Yeah. Nests everywhere. We had to clean them out. Then one year, we moved back to Tennessee off exit 104 at Interstate 65. This house was by far one of the creepiest we lived in. It was two stories, main level and an upstairs. A big white house with woods behind it. The upstairs had three rooms. One door you could walk right into at the top of the stairs, then a room to each side. This house must have been built in what seemed maybe like 100 years ago. The middle room must have been a slaughter room. There were meat hooks on the wall and hanging from the ceiling. What the hell? <laughs> no. There was what I guessed was an animal stall to one side. I had never seen a room like this in a house before. Then the room to the right had no lights, and no matter what we did, the lights would never work in that room. Okay, that's weird. The room to the left had an old rocking chair in it. We never found out the history of the home, but my dad loved to scare us, so he made up his own story. He told us an old woman died in that chair with her cat, and she still haunted the room. He also told us that not only were animals slaughtered in the mill room, but they would kill people in there if they were caught trespassing on the grounds, and that the souls were still there. Sometimes we could hear the chair rock when no one was up there. We sometimes heard a cat meow in the house when we did not have a cat. I always worried I would see a ghost come down the stairs and would hide under the covers at night so it would not see me. We moved out of that house about a year after, but the memory of it has haunted my dreams to this day. The house still stands today, also with a few minor updates to the outside. I have driven by there when I go back and visit my family in Tennessee, so I don't know if the inside has changed, or if that slaughter room still stands or not. I often wonder if anybody knows the true story behind that room. Jeez Louise! Damn dad wasn't playing, was he? No, that's a creepy-ass story. No, okay, well, you better believe if we had bought a house, the slaughter room would be intact, okay? We would keep the slaughter room. Hooks, all that would be left in place, and we would just add to it. That would be our oddities room. That is a very strange room in a house. Well, the dad wasn't playing around with his what, little stories. What, upstairs? Yeah. A slaughter room? Yeah. It's I don't know. It's very strange. Well, I mean, what would you think as a, a kid or a young person moving in like that? 
I don't know. I mean, my family, they country, but they ain't so country they got a damn slaughterhouse room inside the house. If you're out there and you're listening and you know something that we don't know about country-ass people, then please let us know because that is a weird story. But maybe it's more normal. Maybe everyone had a slaughter room in their house. And maybe, we're the oddballs. Maybe there was a reason. So let us know up the, if you heard of an indoor slaughterhouse. It's true. It sounds like a fucking kill room. That is some weird, crazy shit. Can you imagine as a kid? I would be terrified. Well, no, you got this big old lap board house in front of woods. Big two-story. Probably had a big porch. I can, like, imagine. I could see it. We lived in a house similar to this when I was a teenager. Yeah. From about the age of 12 up until I was about 17. Yeah. Built it to the turn of the century. Kind of a big old white house. Not quite like a farmhouse, but... These really high ceilings and, you know, just really old. Well, I'm telling you, um, I used to live with uh, some people that were extended family, basically. And they had a very old house right there in Clyde. uh, Said to be one of the oldest houses in Haywood County. And this is an old county, if you will, being on the East Coast, right? And uh, never had any direct, you know, story or encounter, but... Always the noises in an old house like that. And then when, you you know, it truly is an old house, that atmosphere is going to add to anything. Well, this just kind of makes me think of the house I lived in because we had this big old staircase. And so you go upstairs and then at the top of the stairs, there were three rooms. There was like one directly kind of in the middle, a bedroom, then to each side bedrooms. And at some point they converted the one of the bedrooms into like a closet and a bathroom because in an old house, there are no closets. Right. You have to do the armoire thing. They had made like this one big kind of walk-in closet and then a bathroom. And I stayed upstairs and I have to say that there was something about the middle room and she's talking about the middle room. Something about the middle room of our house wigged me out. Like I never liked it. And I always had these, like they were working on this big house, you know, working on restoring it. But there was always parts of the house that hadn't been touched at all, say the attic. And there's always that weird shit under the stairs in these old houses. That space under the stairs is always creepy as hell. And then, the, of course, the basement is just like mostly dirt and you could barely get down in there. Yeah, it's creepy shit. Yeah, old houses, man. They're awesome. Are we ready to get on with our creepy stories? Yes, thank we you have for that, Beverly. One. This comes from Sunday. Hi, Sunday. Hey. Hey, girl. Sunday is one of our awesome listeners. She supports us over on Patreon. She's a very generous listener. She is. We got a great story here from Sunday. And I'm going to, again, read this because it's in first person. Please do. So we lived in Manchester, England from 2009 to 2013. Well, aren't you fancy? Damn, jet setters. I know, right? (laughs) She's just balling all over the world, right? She continent dropping, (laughs) y'all. UK, of course, is huge into paranormal stuff. We all know that. And everything is so old over there, it can get spooky anyway. In our house there, we always felt a bit weird in one or two of the rooms, especially our guest room. Whenever me or my husband went to sleep in there for some reason, it was really hard to get comfortable. Just felt a presence of some kind of odd. Now, the weirdest, spookiest thing that happened there was with my husband's razor. We call it the razor story. Oh, wow. (laughs) Okay. Our master bathroom was kind of long and narrow. The sink 
was along one wall and the roof was steeply angled with a skylight over it. So the vanity and mirror were along the wall behind it. So to shave, he would have to turn back and forth kind of from the sink to the mirror. Okay, that's weird. The sink was contemporary and had really wide sides to it. So we always left our toothbrushes, razor, you know, etc. kind of laying on the sides of the sink. Also, it was a pedestal sink, so there was no cabinet under it or anything. Okay, I like those types. Yeah. One morning, he came downstairs, mad as a hornet, because he couldn't find his razor. He had looked everywhere in the bathroom. Now, I'm going to pause for just a moment, and I'm wondering if her husband looks for things the way my husband looks for things, which is basically Dylan... Thoroughly. ...just stands there going, I can't find it. Oh, no. And then I come, and it's right there. I leave no stone unturned. That is a damn lie. That you know is it. a damn lie. <laughs> well, help me find it. Okay, so maybe she has to help him look for it. So he looks everywhere. He had to use my razor to get ready, and that did not put him in a good mood, as you might imagine. But he was running late, so I told him I'd look for it after I got the kids to school. My eldest was around 15, so I thought he might have borrowed the razor. I got them up and asked both of them, both boys, and neither said they had it. I looked all over their bathrooms after they left, just in case. I mean, we understand that. We've got teenagers. Did you borrow this? No. And then where do you find it? In their stuff. Right. Like, put it back if you use it. Okay. <laughs> they don't. No razor. So I went back into the master bathroom and looked everywhere I could. No razor. I brushed my teeth, went on about my day. I had to work downstairs for a bit, and then I was going to go shopping. I always put my makeup on in the vanity mirror behind the sink. I went up to put my makeup on, and when I looked in the mirror, the razor was lying on the side of the sink like it always is. Freaked me out, but I'm of the opinion if I ignore the ghosty, then it won't get a kick out of pranking me. Calmly put on my makeup, leave the house as fast as I could. There's really no way that razor could have been lying where it was supposed to be, and no one in the family saw it. Uh, yeah. So she's actively looked. He looked. Maybe in a man way. Didn't look good. But, I mean, come on. Ask I would like to think that if it's right there by the sink. Yeah. I'm sure her husband looked there. I'm sure you may look there. Well, that's Maybe. where he left. Oh, I would look where I left it. <laughs> for sure. So, but you actively searched the like room. Nobody has all it. all over. Cannot find it. Nobody can find it. It's just completely gone. And then, boom. And then you go up there. Suddenly, there it is. Yeah, and you're then in the house by yourself. So, that was really the only prank the ghost played on us, and we moved back to the USA soon after. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay, the Razor story. That's kind of a funny, like, trickster of a ghost. Uh, yeah, but that's a pretty obvious move by the ghost. I mean, where else would that Razor be? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> this story comes from Ravonda, and I've known Ravonda for a long time, and she has some great spooky stories. Ravonda is one of those people who just attracts the creepy wherever she goes. Kind of like you. Yeah, a little bit. This is Ravonda's story. Being sensitive to spirits is almost a family trait in my family. My grandmother, my mom, my sisters, our children, and myself are all sensitive to spirits or ghosts. When I was about six years old, we were living in Maggie Valley, North Carolina. A few miles up the mountain was a cabin our parents and their friends would go to for cookouts. 
A creek ran by the cabin, so my older sister and I went down to play in the water. We were splashing and trying to cool off in the hot summer sun. We were on the opposite side of the creek and were facing the cabin over, you know, where our parents were. For a strange reason, unbeknownst to me, I turned around to look behind us. There was an older lady about 10 feet from us standing there just staring at us watching us play. She had a long black dress with long sleeves and buttons that went all the way up to the top. There was a white collar around the neck and her black hair was pulled into a tight bun. Immediately, I was terrified. I screamed and almost walked on water getting across the creek to get back up the hill to my mom. I bet. My sister Valinda was screaming and running right behind me. I told mom about the lady, but she kind of blew us off. I couldn't understand why someone would be watching us like that and why she was dressed like that on a hot summer day. Fast forward over 30 years. We were having Sunday dinner and talking about strange things that happened as we were growing up. I mentioned the old lady that lived near the old cabin. My uncle stopped me. He said, what old lady? I described her to him and told him where she must have lived. I couldn't understand why I was so puzzled. Then he said, there was no old lady that lived there. No one had lived in that old house for many, many years. Then he refreshed my memory. Don't you remember when you were little, we would target practice at that old house? Why, we would be shooting at an old lady's house. Why right. would we be doing that? He wouldn't let him do that. It hit me like a ton of bricks. We had seen a ghost. I can still see her exact dress and face in my mind's eye 34 years later. Oh, my God. Now, that's crazy. Now, the way she described her being dressed, I could almost picture it in my head. Very prim. It almost seems like the Victorian. Day. Yeah. Maybe late 1800s, no, yes. early 1900s. Right. right. With the big pearl buttons and buttoned the all the way up collar. to the neck. And, yeah. And the tight bun and all that. Oh, my gosh. What the hell? That's a pretty creepy story, right? That's what they get for cooling off in the creek. <laughs> <laughs> Dylan, have you ever had any weird, creepy, ghostly experiences? Well, like I said, noises and things like that. No, nothing ever really overt, if, if I'm using that word correctly. Um, but until I started dating you. Yeah? Imagine that. Yeah. So, yeah, I used to hang out where you lived when we first met. Okay. So, when we first met, I had a roommate. Yep. A guy friend. So, she claims. Oh, oh please. No, they were roommates. <laughs> we were friends. Michael's a great dude. So, we were living together, me and my friend, in his house. Right. And it was very haunted. She had told me some stories. Yeah. And Michael had told me some stories. Right. Very serious. Some creepy shit happened Nothing to play with. Right. Right. But you kind of were like, eh. You, like everyone else, probably thought we were nuts. Yeah, I was like, oh, okay. Oh, cool. Yeah. But one of the first nights you stayed over. Yeah. Tell us what happened. Well, we were in your room. We playing, were. Playing Scrabble. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A Yahtzee. Yeah, I'm trying <laughs> to put them words together, if you know what I'm saying. Oh. And um, we were the only ones in the house. Michael was gone, working Round a night wow, shift. wow. Yes. Yeah. Okay. There's lots of that in Paul Newman movies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did we watch The Hustler or something? Yeah, I believe so. Okay. You introduced, or you introduced me to the uh, incredible works of Paul Newman. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so we're in there watching movies, kidding around, 
having fun. And I know we're the only people in the house. And then from the kitchen comes the sound of a cabinet. Kind of like someone opens a cabinet door about two or three inches with those spring-loaded hinges, the ones like that, and just lets it go. Pop, pop. The cabinet door shutting. And I mean, this isn't a door blowing shut. This isn't something barely making a noise. This is an obvious sound that you know exactly what would have to be done to make that sound. And it is someone pulling a cabinet door open and letting it pop shut. And yeah, it totally freaked me out. And you were just like, oh, it's just a ghost. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 So that was pretty weird. Yeah. So in that house, we had several weird experiences that were just unexplainable. One of those being my roommate had left. It was like a Friday evening or something. And he left. He's like, I'm going to go get some dinner or whatever. I was hanging out at the house. I had a girlfriend over. We were sewing. That's when I was performing. I was a burlesque performer. I had a burlesque show coming up. It was like a Halloween show, actually. So we were working on a costume. And she was kind of a seamstress. So she was helping me make this like panel skirt thing. We're sewing, working on this costume. So, you know, it's starting to get late. She wants me to take her home. Fine. We go out to the car. We're in the driveway. We get in my vehicle. As we're starting to drive off, she sort of looks at me and says, um, did your roommate come back home? I don't remember seeing him come home. And I was like, no, his truck's not here. He's not here. He He's not here. And she says, well, who was the man standing in the window? Uh-uh. Yes. Oh, hell. And I, well, I was like, what? Huh? What? <laughs> Do what? Yeah. And she says, yeah, well, when we walked outside, she's like, I just kind of glanced up in, in that window, which is my roommate's bedroom. She's like, I glanced up in that window and she said there was a man staring out the window at me and he had the curtains kind of pulled and it was looking out. And she said, when I looked up at him and he saw me, he kind of closed the curtains and sort of inched back a little bit. And she's like, I could still see his form in the window. But I couldn't make out his face. Assumed it was your roommate, but then it, you know, kind of dawned on me that I don't remember him coming back in at any point in the night. Right. He's not here, right? Right. So who was in the house with us? Who's that peeking in my window? Yeah. And I was like, oh shit. So of Uh -uh. course, you know, I take her home. I text my roommate when I get to her house, like, it's going down. Right. It's active. (laughs) Be prepared. And yeah, so when he got home, we ended up having some really weird shit for like the next few hours. Really? Like for whatever reason, it was super active that night. Oh my gosh. Yeah. No. One of the creepiest, and for the most part, it left me alone. Like I could hear little things and whatever, but for the most part, it really didn't bother me too much. Right. And that's probably because, you know, I'm just like, fuck you, ghost. (laughs) Yeah, you're like a ghost ninja. (laughs) Come at me, bruh. Yeah. But. Okay, so this one night, this was super crazy. I was in the kitchen, and we had kind of like this archway, like a doorway from the kitchen into the living room. Okay. And the kitchen light was off, but the living room light was on. I could see well enough in the kitchen, you know, to go poking around. So I had gone in there, and, you know, I'd gone to bed, but I went in there to grab like a bottle of water or something out of the fridge. As I opened the fridge door, I get my water out, and then when I close the door... It was just completely black, like pitch black in the kitchen. 
as if something was standing in the doorway blocking the light from the living room. Okay. So I thought it was my roommate, and he would always play pranks on me, too. Like, he would try to fuck with me and scare me. Okay. Because I really wasn't too freaked out about the ghost, but he would always do shit to me, like, just to be an ass, because that's his personality, and he's <laughs> funny. thought it was him, and I was just turned around, and I was like, what the fuck are you doing? And there was nobody there. And as I turned around, I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? There's nobody in the doorway, but this black, like, form almost. And it just sort of dissipated, and then the light came back in the kitchen. Oh, yeah. And that's when I was like, Michael! (laughs) Screaming for him. Yeah. He's like in his bedroom or something. He comes running out. He's like, what? What's going on? And I'm like, ah, freaking out. I told him what had happened. He was like, okay, yeah, that's weird. Yeah, I don't know if I could do that. But at that point, I mean, he's like, yeah, that's weird, but eh, and shrugs because, you Shit know, happens. this was like an everyday occurrence that something was happening, usually to him. Okay. Or his son. Yeah. Rarely to me, but yeah, that was freaky. Well, that's beyond freaky. That's freaking scary. But we're ready for Halloween. We love your horror stories. We may try to put together another one of these. Yeah, so anyone who listens to this and enjoys it in the least bit or would like to have us or have me horribly read your story, um, just keep sending them, guys, and we'll we'll read some more. Mountainmurderspodcast at gmail.com. You can send over your email with your story. I mean, this could be anything. Haunted house encounter with some creepy person that turns out to be a serial killer you got locked in your basement when you were five a clown tried to show you his balloon we can do a you one saw a ufo whatever super scary pranks growing up we could that would be a fun one that would be a fun one dylan okay if you got parents who are just devilish and won't leave you alone i've yeah, done that to my kids a little bit yeah my mom did something really kind of cruel to me as a kid yeah it traumatized me Well, that can be me. My mom told me that this rock was a dinosaur egg and that if I watered it every day, it would hatch into a baby dinosaur. And for like a year, I watered this fucking rock. Oh, my God. And then one day she comes outside and she's like, what are you doing? I've got my little watering can, my little, you know, and I'm watering the rock. And she's like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm watering my dinosaur egg. Hello. I'm waiting on it to hatch. She thought that was so funny, laughed her ass off and was like, honey, do you, did you really believe that? Oh my God. I was kidding. That was a joke. So you're like like a year in. Yeah. I'm like, well, thanks a fucking lot, mom. So that story actually kind of explains a lot of what's wrong with me. So you're invested in this rock hatching a baby fucking dinosaur. This is why I have trust issues, Dylan. Okay. I understand (laughs) now. I can't even believe I'm sharing the rock dinosaur egg story with you guys. So yeah, we're super excited about Halloween. We got our costumes picked out. I hope you do. We'll post pictures. We will. Yeah. And um, just keep the stories coming and guys keep, and gals, keep listening. Thanks for tuning in to our Halloween episode here on Mountain Murders.